Honestly, for a sec there, things looked iffy. Wasn't sure we'd worm out of that alive. Same. Stens is out to get people, wound tight. Though he does have a little honor left. Really think his sense of honor saved us? Well, and the fact he's Haywood born and bred like us. If I hadn't come, you'd be cruising Night City in sexy wheels right now. No, oh, come on. Job was toxic from the start. Even Kabuki under the counter magic can't get around an alarm like that. Should have known I'd have the PD on my ass. So, maybe now, as God ordained, Jackie Wells. V. I know you. You hang at the Coyote. Wait, Wells? Like, Mama Wells? Thought I recognized the name. She's my blood, all right. Coyote's her dive. It's strange you and I never met before. Got the job to steal those wheels, said the Coyote. From Kirk. You work with that sewer slug? Pepe owes him big, and can't afford to pay, so I stepped up. Man, gotta wonder about Pepe letting slimy Kirk boss him around like that. Heard what they say. He's backed by cartels. Cartels? No, no, listen. I know those cartel types, and I guarantee you, none of them have even heard of Kirk. El cabrón's gotta learn. You don't do people in Haywood dirty. Come on, let's go have some lunch. Just like that? You put a barrel to my skull not so long ago. You help my homies. You're okay in my book. No harm, no foul. None at all. Getting one of my good feelings. About what? About us. Sense of kind of chemistry, you know? Come on. I'm fucking starved. Okay, food it is. Let's go. Hello once again to episode 12 of PlayStation Pals, a video game podcast. Gamescom is in our rearview mirror, and we are back to talk some games. But who are we? I am your host, Nick, and I am joined by the Jackie to my V, John. Now, John, I am <laughs> going to introduce a new segment at the start of every show from now on. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and it is called the PlayStation Showcase DEFCON Level. So if you're not familiar with the DEFCON level, it's something the armed forces use that describes their defense readiness condition. And this goes from DEFCON 1 to DEFCON 5, where DEFCON 5 is the lowest state of readiness and DEFCON 1 being like nuclear war is imminent or has already begun. Like it, it's here, you know. So we are going to do this with the probability of a PlayStation Showcase announcement. Uh, as we discussed, you know, over the last few podcasts, Sony has usually announced the showcase by this time, and they've had one in early September. That has not happened yet, but more and more reasons are piling up. And just in the last week alone, a few more have piled on. So we got that DualSense Edge announcement. 
uh, announcement of the controller, but no release date, no price. That happened during Gamescom. This week, Game Informer re- revealed their new cover for their this month's issue. It's going to be God of War Ragnarok. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we had a Helldivers 2 leak that was deleted off of Twitter. And then also this week, a Need for Speed game is rumored to be coming this year, but has not mm-hmm. been announced yet. And there is no EA Play event this fall for it to be announced at. So given all this information, John, what DEFCON level, again, DEFCON 1 being like, we're on fire, like it is here, it is going to be announced by the time people listen to this. Or Jim Def Ryan Con is spying, spying on me sleep. He, Jim Ryan is, is, has his eyes on us. Yeah. <laughs> That's how close we would be. <laughs> or DEFCON 5 is like, no, it's not happening. We, by the time we record the next podcast, very unlikely that we'll have heard of this event. So given that explanation, John, where are we at? Where, how ready should we be? <clears throat> I think if there was nothing, no rumors, no Helldivers 2 type things... We would already just be at a, a DEFCON four, 3 or 4 just on the fact that Sony has had a conference in September the last two years. So, compi- you know, compiling all the uh, other little things here and there that seem to be kind of uh, adding into the, the to that, I'd say we're at a DEFCON 2, man. I, I would be shocked at this point if we get to October or even halfway through September and, and don't have any news big big conference or big event from sony there's just too much to talk about there's too many unknowns you know i I, vr uh all the first party teams there's just too much and and you know we got to get god of war blown out too i'm sure there'll be a state of play for that but um i I think uh i'd I'd put my money on it that, that we're definitely getting one here in the next coming weeks for sure Okay, so you, you you think it is very likely by the next podcast we will be announcing to our listeners there's a Sony showcase. Yes, I will say yes because it seems that the going theory right now is September 8th. So if that is true, obviously 100% we're going to know. Uh, I think it's also possible that it could be September 15th. Um, that's just kind of what my, 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 my gut was telling me a couple uh, days ago, that it just seems like that would fit in the schedule nicely. You know, I think they had one on September 16th one year, and um, so just right in the middle of the month. But uh, I think we'll have something to, yeah, some positive news to share with the folks. I, th- I think we will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm with you. DEFCON 2 is pretty good if we do not hear anything by next week next podcast then i am at defcon one for <laughs> the, for it to yeah. be announced uh the the following week so yeah i'm with you we're at defcon two so everyone just be ready it's we're just so, it's coming so in theory if you're going to be at defcon one next week if we don't know at what point do you reverse back down to defcon two or defcon three if we don't get any news from Sony like if <laughs> like like at what point do you throw in the tunnel and say well fuck it we're, we're just screwed this year or, or are you so confident that like <laughs> it's 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 going to happen no matter what so by if yeah that would be meaning two weeks have gone by so that would mean both of our proposed dates the 8th and the right. 15th have already passed I would then so would I would you start still to, think th- no I would start decreasing it then okay. so we got two okay. weeks so we're again we're on DEFCON 2 leading into the next podcast so that's you know September 8th will be our next podcast 
uh, or ninth, sorry, will be our next podcast. And I'm very likely that it will be there. So DEFCON 2, if we don't hear by then, the next week after that will be DEFCON 1. And then after that, it'll slowly decrease because then it's less likely to be in September or at all, I would think. so. Right. If it's not in September, I don't think they... I don't think they have one. I mean, it's it in theory. I they could maybe have one in early early October, you know, and wrap in some God of War stuff right into it. But uh, yeah, that would that would be pushing it a little bit. I think. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that again, that is going to be a reoccurring segment. So expect that next week, if, especially if more things just compile on to the the evidence that we've brought to you, you know, between the the podcast two weeks ago and then now today. Um, <laughs> more evidence is comes comes to light we'll share that and update our defcon level so but we are back to the normal format of the show so if you're new to the show this is how it works john is going to bring three things i'm going to bring three things and we are going to talk about it it can be a video game we're playing it can be a news item it could be an email to playstationpalspod at gmail.com it can be a tweet at PSPalsPod on Twitter. Any of those things, if we feel like talking about them, we'll talk about them. So uh, this week we'll be heavy on the games. We have a lot of games to talk about since we took a kind of a week off talking about them due to Gamescom. Uh, but that didn't stop again. Sony, they just love to interrupt what we we're going to talk about because they had a huge PlayStation blog update today. John, tell us all about it. Sure. So... You know, this is the time of month, one of my favorite times of the month where, you know, we get our, uh, to see what our free games are going to be for the next month. And as awesome as it was, you know, as a uh, old essential subscriber to get one or two games, it's it's even, even cooler now because we obviously get the extra and premium tiers. And Sony uh, was kind enough to show us what we're going to be getting this uh, upcoming month. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So I'm just going to kind of go through uh, the different tiers, what's coming to each of the tiers. And then, Nick, you and I can kind of, like, pick and see if there's something we want to highlight out of that list. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right. So in the essential tier, and everyone, that's kind of if you were just an old PS Plus subscriber, you just want to play online, uh, it's that standard $60 a year. So in the essential tier, uh, we are getting... Uh, Toem or Tome, T-O-E-M is how it's spelled, uh, which is a PS5 game uh, released in September 2021 by Something We Made, uh, which was their first release. It's a uh, it's very indie to its core. You know, it's got uh, it's a photo taking game made in black and white where you can kind of rotate the environments around. So real cute. I'm sure there's like little missions you got to take pictures of certain things, but it got an 80 on Open Critic. So if you're into cute indie games, that's definitely something to look out for. Um, then we got Grand Blue or Grand Blue Fantasy Versus uh, March, which came out in March 2020 from Arc System Works. So, if you're familiar with Arc System Works, obviously it's a fighting game. Uh, it's going to have your typical uh, art style that you'll see with that. Um, has a 79 on Open Critic. So, if you're a fighting fan, you know I would look forward to that one. And then the last uh, title for the Essentials tier, we have uh, the 2019 release from Ghost Games, Need for Speed Heat, which. Uh, not much to say there. You know, it's one of the oldest racing franchises in video games, so um, I don't think the formula has changed too much on that. But, you know, it's uh, if you like arcade racing, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll like that game. 
And then we get into the extra tier, and this is where I think it gets really, really good and, and really uh, makes me feel feel good that I am an extra subscriber. So uh, we are getting uh, last year, one of the highest reviewed games of last year, Deathloop, uh, is coming to the service. Um, that received a 10 out of 10 from both IGN and GameStop. So I think if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously know about this game, uh, but definitely check out Deathloop. Uh, then we got Assassin's Creed Origins uh, from Ubisoft Montreal, 2017 game. Uh, received an 85 on Open Critic. It kind of set along the new chart, uh, the new path that Assassin's Creed has been on for the last couple of years with that open world leveling up formula. Um, set in Egypt. And then we got Watch Dogs 2 from Ubisoft Montreal. November 16th is when that, or I'm sorry, November 2016 is when that game came out. Um, 82 on Open Critic. Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 from Bandai Namco. Uh, that's October 2016. Uh, 73 on Open Critic as well. Uh, with Dragon Ball games, I think you kind of you know what you're going to get with those. Um, and then two of the more interesting uh, additions I feel this month that I, I would urge everybody to pay a little bit of attention to. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with these games. And we have Spiritfarer, which is from Thunder Lotus Games. Um, that came out August 2020. Uh, it has an 87 on Open Critic. Um, we'll come back to that one a little bit because I do have some stuff to say about that. Uh, and then the other game that probably the one I'm most excited for, Nick, is uh, called Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Uh, this is also one of the highest reviewed games from last year. Uh, very, very indie title. Made by a single guy, which I just kind of found out today, Greg Lobanov. Um, Again, very cute indie style where you kind of open, go into a black and white world and you uh, just start to paint it and start to, I think, use the paint to kind of navigate the world in interesting, cool ways. Uh, I've been told it has a very, very heartfelt, good story as well. So, you know, probably something along the lines of Celeste, which is like that super indie title that surprisingly has a deep story mechanic. Uh, and then real quickly here, Nick, these ones are kind of, in my opinion, throwaways. You got Monster Monster Energy Supercross 5. Um, you know, it's just one of those, uh, you know, extreme motor racing games. I think you're kind of in or out with those. Uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX from Merge Games. This is a remake of the 1986 uh, Sega Genesis game Alex Kidd in Miracle World. So it, it looks exactly the same, just little more pretty so you kind of know what you're getting in with those uh rabbits invasion the interactive tv show uh this one was weird man i couldn't find a score for this and i did a little more research on it it's an 20 episode interactive tv show in which you compete with your friends so i don't really know what that's all about um but you know hey if you like weird experiences maybe check that out <laughs> and then final two ones here uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, uh, which was re-released in January 2021 from Ubisoft. Um, it originally came out in 2010, it received a 78 open critic score, um, but I think it's one of those uh, cult classic kind of titles. It, it was one of the kind of revitalized the beat-em-up genre, um, which has been seeing a resurgence as of late, and, you know, obviously it was really strong in the early 90s with games like Streets of Rage, uh, Turtles in Time, Golden Axe, things like that. So I've heard a lot of people like that kind of, that game. And then lastly, we have Rayman Legends, which, you know, if you've tuned into this podcast, you've heard me talk about a little bit here. Uh, this game received a 90 on Open Critic. It's absolutely fantastic. One of the best uh, 2D platformers I've played. Four-player couch co-op. A lot of interesting ideas, a lot of colorful things, um, a lot of fun gameplay in that one. So definitely, definitely, if you like platformers, if you like just kind of a more casual type experience, uh, check out uh, Rayman. And it's also, you know, if you want a little more difficulty, um, 
it's got a ridiculous platinum that you can pursue if you want to go for that. So um, we all heard about that. that. Can, yeah, yeah, it's a ton of fun, guys. Trust me. Um, and then, yeah, it's, uh, that's about it. Uh, what kind of stands out for you, Nick? You know, I think this is a pretty, pr- a pretty strong one. Well, you did miss one. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That's what I just I was just talking about. Oh, that, was dude. it? Oh, I'm My sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were yeah. still talking I, about Rayman Legends. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it was it was the one. Yeah, it originally came out in 2010. One thing I didn't mention about Scott Program though that's kind of interesting is uh, this game has, was until recently uh, delisted for a very very long time. Right. Uh, it was a game when, when it came out in 2010. A lot of people liked it, and then I don't remember specifically why it happened. Something obviously to do with licensing, as is always the case. Uh, it got pulled off the off the stores, and people couldn't buy it you couldn't it was never a physical game so you couldn't get it anywhere and you couldn't buy it digitally so it was kind of nice to see that come back um which i know like the the fans of the beat-em-up games um you know we're happy to see so and then there are some premium games i'm sorry to cut you off nick i know i just asked your opinion but real real quick um we are finally getting another ps1 game into the premium list you know that's kind of been i think a lot of people's major gripe with the service so far at least the premium tier is they only added a couple random psp games and you know the game trials and stuff um aren't really cutting it so it's nice to see they're finally adding another ps1 game in we're getting siphon filter 2 um and then we're also getting the Sly Collection for PS3, Sly Thieves in Time for PS3, which is essentially Sly 4, uh, Bentley's Hack Pack, which is a, a mini game from Sly Cooper, I'm told. It's, you know, I don't have a lot of familiarity with that franchise, um, so I think it's just kind of a little tacked on game. But, and then you also got Toy Story 3 for PSP and Kingdom of Paradise for PSP. So, seem like a little more niche titles. Again, you know, it's kind of not going to probably please the masses but i'm sure there's a couple people out there like oh kingdom of paradise uh, you know and they get super excited which which is cool for that person but uh yeah nick what what stands out to you with the wide selection of games you got? <laughs> yeah this this list is incredible overall this this is a phenomenal phenomenal list uh between well essential titles not so much but that extra list like holy cow like yeah. Uh, just, just personally, I have played and completed a lot of these games. So, Watch Dogs Two, which is my favorite in the series, and has the yeah. best characters, a, a unique location in San Francisco, definitely worth checking out. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is not my favorite in the kind of reboot trilogy, but is it is set in Egypt, which is a unique location, and it is a very good game. Uh, Death is that, Loop, would you say that's your? Sorry, would you say that's your second? Like, I know, I think I'm correct in saying Odyssey is your favorite of the three, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I would say okay. yeah, that's so, second. Odyssey, Origins, Valhalla would, okay. would be my order, and then uh, Deathloop, Rayman Legends are also both very good games that I've played to completion. Uh, they're not 100 percent my thing, but both very good games. And then I brought up Scott Pilgrim vs. the World when earlier this year when I was talking about TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim vs. Mm-hmm. the World is so, so good. It is yeah. it is a beat-em-up, but with some a lot of RPG mechanics and a lot more depth to it. Uh, a lot of more like buying items and stuff like that. So uh, it's just a it's, it's a more deeper game and it's it's very fun. I I love that game. I remember back when it came out playing four people you know when i lived with a bunch of roommates and we had a great time it is it is very good so so even though i've played them they are all very very good games and all worth at least you know i highly recommend uh you checking them out and i know john you've played a few of these titles as well um do you have any recommendations from the ones that you've played 
Yeah, the, the ones that stick out to me, you know, I think a lot of people, you kind of already know what you're getting into with Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, right? They're Ubisoft games, they're open world. So, you know, if that's your thing, go for it. But there's three games I think that I really want to highlight. Uh, Deathloop is one of them. I'm sure if you're, again, if you're listening to this podcast, you know of Deathloop, you know the conversation around it last year, you know, getting a 10 out of 10 from IGN and GameStop is, or GameSpot is uh, a very exclusive list. We're talking, you know, Breath of the Wild and Last of Us and Red Dead and things like that. So I don't know if it's that good, but it's it's a incredibly fun first-person shooter with a weird, you know, twist to it. So do not skip Deathloop. And then... Um, Spirit Fair, I actually played on Xbox uh, when I was, you know, messing around with Game Pass a little bit, and that was probably the biggest surprise for me um, out of all the games I checked out there. It's it's a very very chill game, you know, indie through and through. But you're basically um, a character who's you kind of have a boat that you're that you build, and characters come on your boat, and they kind of, you know, have their own little rooms and you cook them food and you bring them food and you explore these islands, you know, it's it's kind of Wind Waker in the sense that you have your map is just a giant ocean with like little islands that are kind of scattered through and each of the islands is going to have different reasons to go there, different things you can collect to, to do whatever it is you need to do to make the people on your boat happy, but it's just got a vibe to it that's that's very, again, very chill and... Um, relaxing and just comfortable, you know, and it's, it's something that I would encourage if you like a game to kind of end your night with or, um, you know, just, just have a more less gameplay focused experience, uh, I would definitely recommend. Um, and then Chicory is the other one that I would highly encourage people to, to look at. Look at. Um, again, I haven't played that one, but last year when people were talking game of the year, this one definitely did come up. And, um, you know, it's got music by Lena Rain, who did Celeste. You know, she's um, a lot of people's favorite, one of their favorite music uh, artists in the video game space. So uh, I think it's just one of those complete packages that does everything well. And I always am just genuinely cur- curious about games that are developed by a single person because I still cannot wrap my head around that type of stuff. Um, you know, after even taking a coding class for one month, I don't, I don't understand how a single person can sit there and make something uh, like that. So I always want to make sure I'm supporting those kind of people, um, even though Sony is going to be the one supporting them now because I don't have to pay for it. I can just play it, <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, and I think those those three, and you know, uh, but even if you don't, you know, if those aren't your kind of games, Rayman Legends is there for the platforming crowd. Scott Pilgrim for the beat 'em up crowd, um, Xenoverse, you know, for for the fighting crowd. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because I do wonder if the the conversation between is PS Plus a Game Pass competitor, which seemed like initially people were saying no. I wonder if we get more months like this, it'd be like, yeah, you know what, it, it fucking is. Like this this is this is that level. You know, and if Sony starts putting their first party games in like a year after release, a year and a half, two years after release, like watch out, man. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's so far very, very uh, you know, high on the, the subscription, even if I might have concerns about what it's doing to the industry as a whole. We can save that conversation for another day though. Yeah. Well, especially with, you know, Game Pass not having any day and date releases for first party titles because Microsoft just doesn't have any in 2022. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so the one thing that it does better, uh, they, there's no real discussion because they're not releasing anything this year. But this is almost right. like PlayStation listens to this podcast. Everything that we've complained about has been an address. 
you know, the PlayStation sure. Premium is getting finally a bunch of games to it. We asked for really good indie games and Chicory, uh, Spirit Fair, and I'll throw Tome in there too. Uh, that that addresses that issue, mm-hmm. and then it's still bringing big games, including one of the biggest games of last year, then Deathloop. You, like nobody yeah. can complain about anything. Like almost every genre is covered here too. So this this is awesome. This is again I, we talked about last week briefly of like what, whether PlayStation Plus Extra is worth it and. Uh, right now, fuck yes, it is worth it. <laughs> like hands yeah. down, you know. Yep, this is the, the kind of list. If I go online and I see anybody comment about how this is bullshit, I'm just, like <laughs> it's you, you have nothing to stand on. Um, you know, is it perfect? No. Could it be improved? Yes. But um, yeah, I uh, I am excited to see what we keep getting to see if this quality stays up. And just lastly, here I want to. I wonder if we're going to start seeing the essential games be pulled back a bit, you know, and and I don't know. It's obviously too early to make a claim like that. But, you know, if you add a game into extra and this is a this is I don't know the answer to this, Nick. I don't think you know the answer to this. But if you put a game into extra, does that negate the ability for that game to go into essential in the future? Because Mm -hmm. if it does, I think you could start seeing the quality be pushed into extra to get people to upgrade and like which is fine i mean it could be kind of a little bit of a dirty practice but um you know it's 40 bucks man for, for even <laughs> even 40 bucks a year for this month is worth it so. well i would argue like kind of similar like remember playstation online used to be free and then yeah. you know playstation plus was the free games and then they eventually just rolled in online to be also required to pay i could see a world right. where playstation plus essential is just to play online games and you don't get free games at that tier at all anymore and then that's, playstation that's plus extra tier is where you get the free games like we are now uh so you're not getting the two two dates with a two the two different games because we didn't mention I, I don't think maybe you did but these are coming September 20th the extra games mm. while the mm-hmm. while the Good these call. games uh, the essential games are September 6th so uh, yeah got a little two week difference of between all these amazing games yeah I wonder I wonder was August a two week difference too I know it was, August was like the extra games came in the middle of the month I just wonder if we can start to like expect yeah, that so. the, the third Tuesday of every month is when we get the extra stuff in the first Tuesday is when we get the essential stuff. Yeah, I bet you Something that's to keep exactly track of. what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's all I got, Nick. And then, But just one last thing. Reminder, if you have not downloaded the August PlayStation Plus games, make sure you do that because once these, you know, once the essentials are out, the uh, last months go away. So make sure you get that Tony Hawk, Yakuza, and Little Nightmares. Yeah. And, th- and it's also worth noting, once again, another month, nothing's getting removed yet. It's just added... True. More and more value is getting added to the extra, extra and premium tiers. So, uh, very cool, mm. very exciting, and man, this is this is something to watch out for. I can't wait till what they say October is. Hopefully, we get a lot of yeah. horror games. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now. We will get Resident Evil two and three. <laughs> it's right now. It's, right now it's right now they're seventy percent off. You know you can't you can't milk that very much more. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna say. We're getting Resident Evil. At least, at least one Resident Evil game, whether it's seven, yeah. two, or three. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I think seven's on the uh, PlayStation Plus collection, I think. 
So, I mean, they could they could pull from that, but mm-hmm. I think it's been free somewhere else. But I digress. Okay. Let's move, let's move on, my friend. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, we are going to talk about the HBO version of The Last of Us because they did something cool uh, a few weeks ago. But before I get into that, John, we are going to have a discussion on what our stance is going to be going forward on spoilers for The Last of Us. Because The Last of Us originally released in June 14th of 2013. But by the time people hear this, they will be able to play The Last of Us Part 1. It releases September Mm -hmm. 2nd. And with this HBO show coming up, how are we, what is our stance on spoiling this game? Because it is very spoilerable. It's a very story heavy game. Sure. So where, what, are, what is our thoughts, John? <laughs> um, I think, and we can talk about this further. And if you don't agree, that's fine. I think spoilers should be on the table. Um, the reason I say that is because if we want to have in-depth conversations about these two properties, the new game and the show, we need to, because we don't have any extra content that's going to be able to provide us a place to talk about that. And just to, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit, how the sausage is made, you know, I think everybody who's listening to us at this time has probably played The Last of Us. So I don't think, I think it would be more beneficial for the podcast and for just, you know, uh, providing interesting discussion to be able to leave everything on the table and we'll of course make everybody aware you know if we are about to talk about something mm-hmm. crazy you know skip ahead whatever the case if we have to start doing timestamps, we can um, that's kind of my thoughts though because I, I just think we're not going to be able to dance around a lot of the things <laughs> that easily and especially you know especially when we're starting to want to compare the show to the, the game it's going to be really tough man mm-hmm. yeah I hear you I, I know you, John. You're just gonna you you like to say things <laughs> without thinking. So, so um, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, like yeah. I think that's the best policy is uh, we're gonna try our best to avoid the major spoilers, and if we are gonna talk about them, we will certainly say that ahead of time. And yeah. Then, yeah, if it's really big spoilers, we can get into some. I, I'm fine doing some timestamps so our listeners know but i just wanted to Joel. break that down before because again we're here there, it's here again well, the last of us part one is out and yep. the show's getting teased so all right so moving back to i the, heard uh, i heard joel dies in the beginning from golf <laughs> <club>. stop it <laughs> anyway so moving on uh back on august 21st right before HBO was about the show, you know, uh, the new Game of Thrones series, you know, House of Dragons. Uh, they released a nice little YouTube short uh, trailer of what's coming next. And HBO has been killing it kind of lately as a streaming service. Not only is, you know, House of Dragons the, the biggest hit, but they have shows like Euphoria, White Lotus, Secession, you know, and older shows like The Sopranos, The Wire, you know. So this is a streaming network that, you know, has a lot to a lot of big heavy hitters, award winning shows, you know, in their stable. It's the, be- the best hands down. Hands down is the best one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have Chernobyl. I'll say that for John. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the cool thing about this trailer, not even getting into what we saw, 
is like before they're leading into like the next season for Secession, the next season for White Lotus. And these are, again, award-winning shows. And they're just rattling them off one by one. They also just stop and say, and coming next year, like like this big, like, <gasps> HBO's <laughs> The Last of Us. And like I, that was a cool moment. Like it, we're both fans of the yeah. game. We're really excited about this adaptation. We're really hoping, you know, HBO is all in on it. Um, and to see them do this kind of like hype for this show just means like, a, that they're they're putting a lot into it, and B, the show's probably looking really, really good. So, yeah. so I don't know what your thoughts are, John, but I just thought that was a cool moment because I was just stroll. I didn't, you know, see it on the subreddits or anything. I just was scrolling YouTube, and it was there, and it was a thumbnail of Pedro Pascal's face. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. maybe they have some, a few clips in there. And then I was like, oh, oh, yeah. wow, they're really they're really into it. So. Um, yeah, it's exciting to me. I just I just can't believe a video game show and an ad- adaptation of a, one of our favorite series is <laughs> is getting this kind of treatment from HBO. Like that's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I am at a fever pitch. You know, I'm I'm more excited for this show than I think I've ever been. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I start to analyze and dissect kind of what's going on around the show. It just it just compounds on its, on itself. You know, when when this show got announced, you know, immediately, obviously, we we knew that the story was going to be good, right? Because the, the the story in The Last of Us is arguably the greatest, if it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest story ever told in video games. I, I you know, one of my opinions, but I think a lot of people would have that same opinion. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you come to find out that the budget for this show exceeds what they spent on Game of Thrones and you're like what how is that even possible <laughs> you know what are the like you think about Game of Thrones and the dragons and just the amount of actors and everything that went into that show it's like how how are they going to pump more money into this so then that that let you know it's like okay well obviously they, they want to make this as good as they can and then you find out that Neil Druckmann's involved which you know I know there's there's haters of that man out there but like he knows this franchise front to back he knows the directions he knows where these characters heads are at when when events are happening and he's going to make sure that it's taken care of in the right way. And so when you combine all these things and then you add in the start, you know, the level of uh, acting at chops that Pedro has um, that, you know, I don't remember Ellie's actress's name, but, you know, Bella um, Ramsey, Bella Ramsey, right. You know, the young Mormon girl from Game of Thrones. And it's just I, I think this game, I'm sorry, this game, haha, this <laughs> show is going to light the world on fire. I, I have a, just a feeling in my gut right now that. It's, it's, you know, we, we see a lot of properties, right? It's, it's almost a joke at this point when a, a video game property gets made into a movie or TV show that it's going to be bad, right? You think of Resident Evil and, and things like that. I don't know if there is a property that's more tailor-suited for a gritty HBO show than The Last of Us. You know, we don't have to deal with, like, how Horizon, you know, Horizon just had a show announced coming out. And people are like, well, how are they going to do the robots? Is it going to look bad? Is it going to look budget? Whatever the case, this, this just fits. And uh, HBO doesn't miss, man. The Wire, one of the greatest shows of all time. Game of Thrones, one of the greatest shows of all time. Sopranos, one of the greatest shows of all time. And if they can give that level to The Last of Us and introduce this series into the public eye, you know, and, and get the the girlfriends in the, the, of the world, you know, all of us, all of us boyfriends and husbands out there, like trying to get our, our spouses to watch <laughs> The Last of Us, you know, and they say, no, I don't want to watch you play a video game. It's like, OK, well, you want to watch this amazingly produced HBO show? It's just going to be 
I think it's gonna be fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, yeah, man, give me that release date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, actually, I didn't have that thought of like, you know, like how the Game of Thrones, like the book readers had when they were probably with their spouses and friends when yeah. they knew what was gonna happen, and now we get to do it since we, you know, completed the games. Yeah. We get to do it with our spouses and friends who haven't done so. So that I didn't even think about that that angle on the yeah. on the show. Well, you think about like you know, you think about the moments in the game, like the really impactful moments, and we don't have to get into spoilers now but you meet two characters like midway through the game and then obviously bad things happen to them you know that that is the end of an episode right there you think about mm-hmm. jo- joel you know gets really really hurt at a specific point like that's the end of an episode like it's just it's i know there's a lot of people out there that are kind of upset in the fact that we're just getting it seems a retread of the first game and they're not really exploring you know maybe the time between the the time jump that everybody i'm sure knows about or anything like that but that's not to say that they can't go there down the road if they can Mm -hmm. set the groundwork now you know establish that hey this is a story worth telling this is a story that you're invested in now they could maybe lead that into the last of us 2 which would be weird because you'd probably have to recast ellie but that's not to say that they can't better call Saul and say, hey, we're doing a prequel show. Hey, we, we, we're doing a spinoff here. We're doing whatever. You know, if Neil mm-hmm. Druckmann is involved with that, it, it's going to be respectful to this universe and respectful to the, the level of quality that the series is. Um, yeah, and it's just... I, I it's I'm more excited for this show than the Lord of the Rings show, and Lord of the Rings is my favorite movie of all time. So that kind of tells you that kind of tells you something. Yeah, uh, they didn't show much, so I don't anyone complaining at this point really doesn't have much to stand on. Uh, no. There, there's only a few cuts of, of scenes that are in the game. Obviously, we know the beginning. There's this cut to the opening of that game, which if you've played it, is very memorable. Uh, we see Nick Offerman as Bill, and then we get some lines. <laughs> from uh, Pedro Pascual as Joel and Bella Ramsey as Ellie uh, that are taken right from the game. So, and it, it probably maybe is 20 seconds, so we don't even get to see a clicker or anything like that. Uh, so there's not much to show, so we don't really know like where the deviations or if it's going to be pretty one-to-one for the most part, but uh, it looked good. The, the very few clips that we mm-hmm. saw, you know, it, it looked really, really good. I just really hope that we don't have to deal the entire time this show is airing with that vocal crowd of you know who's about <laughs> The Last of Us Two or whatever that just won't shut up and try to and try to act because like they they will try and actively get people to hate it and I just I hope we don't have to deal with a lot of that you know no well well you know where they're we'll at see. so <laughs> if you just avoid that you'll be fine. Um, yeah. Or the heavily yeah. downvoted comments in every Last of Us post. <laughs> you know yeah. that that's them. Um, so, you know, yeah. with any of these things, it's like they're the vocal minority. The majority of people love the series, love the second game, and are Well, and those, and those people also do love the first game. So, you know, if they, if they were to get mad, they'd probably get mad. And if they ever, you know, eventually get into, like, the second story of the second game, so... You know, probably won't have to deal with it. I just, I just hope not because that, yeah. that shit annoys me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fine. But uh, yeah, no, this is exciting. And again, you know, as you mentioned, that Resident Evil show for Netflix, with which got canceled after one season and wasn't, re- mm-hmm. you know, very well received. It's nice to see, you know, a lot of 
heavy people and, a, and, and again, as we mentioned, a network known for bringing quality content, take a <laughs> take our, one of our favorite games and adapt it. So it's all very exciting. I'm sure we're, oh, I, hmm, this is almost like it's another fuel for the fire for our, a PlayStation showcase. Like they could have the full trailer yeah. for the show there. Yep. Hmm. With a release date, maybe? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Mm hmm. Yep. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's just, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't need to go more than that. But like, yeah, why would HBO, why would HBO announce, put this thing out now unless if they had to to prep for the, you know, for the uh, Sony thing? So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, we will definitely be talking more about this show. Uh, going forward, but yeah. but a cool but a cool I can, thing. I, I can already tell, by the way, just from that conversation, that we made the right call in, in saying spoilers will be fine because, like, I already already in that conversation wanted to say like eight things that I know people will be like, oh, oh, oh. right, so, right, right. So, yeah. all right, let's move on. Let's move on to games. We played a lot of them. Yes, John. What is the first game you're bringing? Oh, that. Uh yeah, it's a little title, little indie title uh, from our, our Polish friends over there in CG Project Red. Teased it a little bit last week, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I've probably put about five hours into the game. So not as much as I would like, but enough to have some initial impressions and kind of see what this game's all about. And so far, man, it's so far so good, you know. I, I spoke a little bit about the character creator last week, so obviously that's the first thing that you kind of see when you come into the game. But you know, the level of detail and the, uh, the what you can do with that character uh, creator is just—it's amazing, and it, it really just kind of gets you immediately invested in the world, invested in your character. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm completely flipped my you know script on how I feel about character creators because I'm—I gotta imagine this is one of the better ones out there. Um, you know, it was so good that I had to get my wife involved too. I was like, hey, I want you to make a character. I just want to see what you do uh, to see if she would kind of go the crazy route or just like, you know, make something that, that she, she she liked. And she just basically made herself. But it was really funny when the camera zoomed back from the face and then you just saw a naked body with boobs and a penis. And you're just like, what is going on? You know, she was very, very confused. But but <laughs> I digress. You know, I, the when you when you start playing this game, man, I don't know if I've ever come across a game that the main draw or pull for me is just being in the world. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll have, I'll have changing opinions on this as we go forward, you know, but I am, when I play a game, I immediately, I want to know how does it play? How does it feel? How does, how does it feel to move around this world? And like, I don't even care yet. I don't even care that like the gunplay is okay. You know, it's fine. It's good. It's not bad. It's not great, but I don't care because I just want to see what is the next environment I'm about to be in? What is the next group of characters I'm about to see? You know, you run into this gang early in the game. Um, and like, the way that their face is modified, I don't even, modified might be the right word, but it's like there's like a giant hole missing from like their eyebrows down to like their top of their lip. And it's like mm. they got these red implants like put onto the face. And like, it's just, you, you've never seen anything like this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the art, art direction and the art style is so consistent that, you know, everything fits in. Everything looks like it belongs in Night City. It's one of the most realized worlds I've seen uh, in, in games. And I've only seen, God, I don't know, 0.5% of it, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm only, you know, I haven't even met Keanu Reeves yet, mm-hmm. which I know, you know, that's like one of the, one of the biggest, part, you know, uh, he's one of the biggest characters in the game. So I, I am 
really looking forward to playing it. Um, you know, again, like the gameplay is great. You know, I think the driving feels good. It's it's not a standout feature of it. Much like I think The Witcher. You know, The Witcher stood out not because it was fun to you know use the swords, but because the stories that you're being told, the world that you are, mm. are living in is so good. And, and you can really see that come through uh, with Cyberpunk as well. So, you know, Cyberpunk showing that they're, I'm sorry, uh, CD Projekt Red showing that they're not a one-trick pony when it comes to that is is nice to see. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's going to be kind of getting old to say it at this point, but like it's just so unfortunate, the game, how it released. It's... Mm-hmm. If they just canceled the PS4 and the Xbox One versions, like which is what I think they would probably go back and do if they had if they could do over the entire situation, it, it would have yeah it would have pissed off some people for sure. But the conversation around this game would be like, is this one of the greatest games of all time? Is this you know something that that we're going to look back 30 years in the in the past and just you know consistently talk about and i know i'm making bold claims only 5 hours in but from you know everything that you've talked to me about with this game you know unless if everything falls off a cliff i don't see it it detracting that much you know yeah i've seen a couple t poses i've seen some glitches but you know what i've told myself that that's a glitch with my character right he's cybernetically <laughs> enhanced and you know it's cuz it's not so bad that i'm i'm you know getting unimmersed but i imagine like on the ps4 you, yeah, you can't convince yourself of that. If the game's running at 15 frames a second, it's just not playable at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's. I can tell it's truly special. I'm looking forward to continue playing it. Um, I will say I am kind of getting a little... I, I'm, I'm starting to ask myself the question, am I growing out of open world games? And I don't have an answer to that yet, but, like... I do find myself more and more mainlining and not out of not like it's not like I'm doing it consciously, but I think there's just this weird, you know, thing in the back of my head that any parent can relate to where it's just like I don't have as much time as I would like. So if I want to get through this, I should just get through it. And so that inherently makes me start to kind of rush and I'm, I'm really trying to take my time and not rush and absorb everything I can do the side stories because I know you know that was one of the strengths of the Witcher is how strong the side characters and side stories were so I want to make sure I don't miss that stuff but I, I, I just hope that I don't get burned out easily because it did start to happen a little bit with Horizon um, you know and so hopefully the story can can pull me through and um you know, yeah, see see what Keanu Reeves has to offer. But I know you have probably have a million things to, that you want to say with this game, Nick, but so I'll let you kind of just jump jump off of the things I've, I've said here. Yes, don't worry, John. I will shepherd you through the game. You know, I'll, I'll point you in the direction of all the good content. Uh, yep. Yeah, unfortunately, I played this game when we weren't doing a podcast, so I've been chopping yeah. at the bit to talk about it. I'll just say this up front. It is one of my favorite games I've ever played. Um, I did not. I played it briefly when it was released on PlayStation Five, and then decided to wait it out till the big patch one point five, and then played, completed it, and platinumed it. Uh, but I can keep my thoughts on the early parts of the game. And I remember when this game was announced, uh, I really wanted it to be third person. I was really, really bummed to the point of almost like I might not even play it when they announced that it was first person. But hearing you talk about the immersion, I think the first person view like helps with that 
immensely. Yeah. And yeah. we've talked about this briefly when we were talking about Starfield and, you know, the Bethesda titles, where the Bethesda titles, when you're talking to someone, it's just like you're a floating camera. You know, that game has a third-person mm-hmm. view, but for most people, they just play the game, and you're a floating gun, and you're a camera. And when you talk to someone, you know, your face just zooms in on their face, and they just stand there and talk to you. It's all very robotic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But in cyberpunk, right from the get go, uh, your nose is broken and you have to you have to set it again. And then you have to go talk to a guy upstairs and he's sitting there and he throws, you know, like a some stuff in your face and you're looking at it. And your character is just like your hands are all over in your face. You're moving around. You get to see your legs when you sit down. Uh, you sit in this booth and this big burly bouncer guy sits next to you and you look at him. And you're like, get this guy away from me. Like it's mm-hmm. the game is enhanced by this first person view and the fact that CD Projekt Red went to so much trouble not only to um, animate everyone you meet but to animate your person that I I just fell in love with the first person view in that game because I felt like I was there um, and you get that right from the start it's just it, it's incredible I, 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 I love this game and I think like the immersion part of it is a big is a big deal, and especially in the beginning. I think more when you get into the open world and you start to grind quests and stuff like that, it's going to feel more of a game to you. And you're going to—I know you mentioned mm-hmm. John, you were you're bummed you hit a car. You're like, oh god, I hurt somebody. You're, you'll <laughs> yeah. get over that pretty quick when you're running all over the map and you have to, you know, to do things. But uh, yeah, I think the game is really strong at the start because you really you really see where they put a lot of effort in it in and that is definitely the world the the side stuff the you know the radio the tv the commercials and then all the characters around you are just they're doing their own thing and they're all otherworldly looking like the cybernetic implants really make them just stand out you know i think you were talking about maelstrom this gang that you know yeah. is obsessed with cybernetics that they 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 are they're more metal than man um and their skin is pulled back and all that, and it's it's really gnarly. But it, like, again, it really it really sets you into that world, and uh, yeah, it's 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 the be- one of the best parts of the game. Um, so I want yeah. I did want to briefly mention the beginnings because I did Street Kid in this game. You're offered like three like intro sequences: uh, Corpo, Street Gang, Street Kid, and then Nomad. How did you feel about the Nomad? I, I I believe you said it doesn't take very long. I don't think any of them no, do. No, yeah. No, I mean, I feel like at this time, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I've come across, you know, some conversations with people, and they'll put a big N next to if one of the dialogue choices is nomad specific. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like I, but I feel like every time I see that, I just have to choose it because I'm like, well, this is the unique, this is the unique thing for my guy. So of course I'm going to say that thing. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, in the beginning of the game, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit, Nick, you know, I, I felt like the very first thing I did in the game was meet Jackie. Like I felt like yeah. that was like the very first thing I did, which I've been told is you meet Jackie with all three characters. So it just, it didn't yeah. really, it, for the only thing it really felt like it did is it just started me outside the city. You know, it starts mm-hmm. you in the desert, like a nomad. Um, so yeah, I thought you, they probably could have done a little bit more to to make it feel like you are who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I don't think it's going to detract from the game at all. Yeah, and it, again, you're early on. You're going to do a lot of stuff with the nomad people, and I'm sure uh, your background will come up a lot there, as opposed to mine, where I thought right. I thought Street Kid made more sense because it, like, like you said, you meet Jackie, and you're a you're a part of a like a little low level you know gang mercenary 
that street kid just yeah. made more sense for someone <laughs> who gets into that line of work so fast. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was just uh, yeah. curious. As, I'm curious to hear the, your take because that that is a perspective I didn't have in my playthrough. So. Yeah, I'll try to uh, I'll try to focus on that to see if they you know just make sure I can remember all that all that stuff. But yeah, I just went nomad because I love hiking in the desert. So I was like, oh, I like that environment. That's where I'll be. <laughs> um, but yeah, real quick, just to kind of piggyback on you and like the immersion and everything, man. It's like one one of the things that really stood out to me in the beginning of this game, just to set the like expectations for the level of detail and the length that CD Projekt Red is going, is you know like in every single game we've ever you know ever open world game, right? You get that disembodied phone call from somebody, and you might see their face in the corner. You might just see their name, who you're talking to. What CD Projekt Res does is they light up the NPC's eyes into this like yellow, <laughs> like this yellow color. Where I did, I noticed it, and I was like, "Wait a minute, Jackie's eyes aren't yellow." And then I, I was kind of, "Wait, he's talking to a different person." And then as soon as he stopped talking, his eyes go back to normal, and then the conversation reengages. It's like that's so cool, and it's such a minor thing that they didn't have to do it. It couldn't, ma- it wouldn't make any difference, but mm-hmm. you know, just allows you to really feel like, "Hey, man, like this is not." New York City 2022 this is its own place with its own set of rules with its own type of people and and uh you know I'm I yeah I, I'm sure there's going to be a whole ton of things that are kind of on that in that same mm-hmm. level um but I do find it my guy did not break his nose nose in the beginning so that is something that is a little bit different between it, it was guess, unique three. to mine I know that I think about it okay. yeah that that was okay that was something that I had to do in the street uh kid beginning so yeah but uh, but yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure you know it's gonna take me a while to get through this one. <laughs> you know, the, the speed in which I play, so it won't be the last time we talk about it. Maybe oh, we'll not some, at all. Some check-ins and things. But <laughs> yeah, you're like, you, I will not let that happen. <laughs> no, no, no. I, and I just highly recommend if you had bounced off this game, you know, two years ago when it had come out, to to give it that second shot because uh, with the new patch, it uh, bugs are bugs were rare for my playthrough. And as John mentioned, same to him, same for him. So, like, please check it out. It is worth your time. It's yep. a great, great triple A game. So, if you like Grand Theft Auto, play this game. Yeah. I will not listen to anybody's opinions if they say Grand Theft Auto is better than this game. <laughs> it is silliness. That is silliness. You're still early on. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> nope. No. Well, you know how I feel about Grand Theft Auto anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So moving on, John, we both checked out Multiverses. This is a Smash Brothers clone. And if you don't know what that means, basically four, one to four or two to four players are on a stage and the goal is to knock the other people off. And you do that through a a variety of moves to do so. Um, This came out on uh, July 19th of this year. It is from Player First Games and Warner Brothers. It is currently sitting on a 79 on Open Critic, and this game is free to play. You do not have to pay any money to get it. Um, and the hook of this game is that it pulls from all the Warner Brothers properties. So you can play as Batman, Arya Stark, Rick and Morty, Bugs Bunny, uh, Steven Universe, just every childhood. If you grew up in a certain time period, um, one of these characters is probably going to relate to you. Iron Giant. Uh, it's Tom really, and Jerry. Yep, Tom and Jerry. It, the, the cast is really bizarre. It's r- really weird. Um, but uh, that's kind of its strength is that it's got a bunch of different properties to pull from. Uh, you can even play as LeBron James because, you know, he was in <laughs> <laughs> Toon Squad. Uh, so. Yeah. 
it is, it's very weird, uh, but you know, it, it's free. So it's something worth checking out. Uh, my initial thoughts though, is it doesn't feel great to play. And I know you played it too, John, so I don't know if that's how you felt mm-hmm. as well. But uh, the game feels very floaty. And yeah. and also when I'm trying to do like a up attack or a side attack, I feel like I'm missing it. And I'm doing an up attack when I should be doing a side attack, a side attack when I should be doing an up attack. Or they have this mechanic where you hit up in the attack button and you hold it and you'll charge up for a more powerful attack. I miss those prompts all the time. So I don't know, is, is that how you felt when playing it? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think this game will definitely uh, be a it's, a... it's a great solution for people who don't have access to Nintendo, but <laughs> yeah. if, you've, if you've played Super Smash Brothers, it's, it's impossible not to just want it to feel and do the exact same things. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, I think it's, it's really cool. You know, it's, it's obviously blowing up. Um, you know, looking at the NPDs for July, and granted, nothing came out, really. Um, this was the number one selling game Mm -hmm. above Elden Ring and it's free which means that people are going in and actually buying uh, the various packs that give you you know whether you want to have all the characters unlocked or or whatever the case so obviously it's going to get very very popular it's already hit 20 million players things like that but I would argue that if it was only available on Nintendo it would not have anywhere near the success success because like you said it's it's just not fine tuned yet it might get there but one thing that I noticed Nick when we were playing and I don't know if, again, if this is just because we don't understand the mechanics as in-depth as, as we may if we play it more. But we were, every single character, right, that we were playing 2v2, it seemed like every single character, almost at every point, had the exact same, like, damage in, in, like, to them. Which <laughs> tells me that either the game's not balanced or you're just kind of running around hoping for the best because like you know in Super Smash Brothers right you know the over the over the what do they call them the smash attacks are different from the tilts which are different from your standard things like it really feels different and it feels like you're doing the attack that you want to be doing but like what i noticed at least with the characters that i was playing is my over smash and my over tilt or over what you know for lack of a better term they all felt the same they all did the same amount of damage they all just kind of melded together and so I think they're they need to continue to tweak that remove the floatiness a little bit because like if you jump and you like I feel like if you push the stick to the side at all your guys move in a quarter way across the the platform Mm -hmm. and that just doesn't feel right to me Uh, I mean unless if that's you know that's what they intended (laughs) but I I think it's a good game though I don't want to shit on it entirely for a free to play game if you're a younger kid if you have you know a yeah, a ten-year-old kid with his twelve-year-old brother. This is perfect, right? This is absolutely what you know you would want to be able to play as a parent. Hey, it's free. Go have fun. You know, have Iron Giant kick the shit out of Bugs Bunny. What do I care? Um, but I don't think it's. I think its quality is not even close to Super Smash, and that's going to be what it gets compared against forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say if it wasn't free to play as well, they would be judged under <laughs> be oh, much more yeah. scrutiny. Uh, for that, uh, it would be Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly that. Uh, yeah, because there are other things about the game that just feel off. Like everyone has a similar, like you have regular attacks and special attacks. Everyone's up special attack is just an uppercut. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just 
it's not like you know in Smash, like if you're Snake, you grab a drone and you fly up, or if you're you're um, Star Fox, you use a jetpack, or you know, and if you're Mario, you do his special uh, brick up attack, you know, that are very different. You know, everyone has a different mm-hmm. up attack. Everyone, everyone's up special attack in this is just an upward cut with their weapon or their fist if they have one. Like that's yeah. just, that seems weird, and then for a game that's pulling from all these properties, the stage music and the stage levels are so uninspired. Like it, it yeah. really bums me out. It's like the music is so forgettable, and how can that be when you have all these <laughs> licenses? Like Batman has an amazing soundtrack. Looney Tunes has an amazing soundtrack. Rick and Morty has well, dude, amazing the, music. Like, like what is just going on, the, on? Just, just, just within the last five seconds, I was like, "Yeah, okay." Are you Stark battle on the wall with the Game of Thrones theme playing? Yep. Done. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you could do that so easily. Yeah. So it just seems it's so weird that it's just like not really digging into these properties. I mean, they the characters themselves are great. They all the voices and the they you know they brought the you know the Arya Stark actor from Game of Thrones to come do the voice. They got Kevin Conroy doing Batman. Like, the characters animate and talk like them, but, like, the world around them needs to be the same way, and it's just not there yet. Um, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's going to be around. Again, it's free to play. It's in quote-unquote beta, which I don't yeah. buy Whatever that at all. But <laughs> your game's out. Yeah. Everyone's playing, playing it, yeah. and you're charging for it for um things in it it's as it's as seasons passes for come out so it's out <laughs> it's not a beta yeah. anymore so but it's there i just wanted to briefly touch on it since we me and john went five and oh when we played <laughs> granted yeah our, but our every, every was, single kill. yeah <laughs> granted our rating is probably the lowest that it ever will be because we haven't played the game ever so they probably match you up with the same kind of type of people but uh just just humble bragging that <laughs> i think we beat a level eight i mean i don't know what that means but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's it'll be a, a game to keep an eye on because you know again it, just like Smash Brothers, like character announcements were like one of the best things about Nintendo Directs forever. Same mm-hmm. thing here. Like <laughs> when you got the Warner Brothers, uh, you know, giant sea of IP they can pull from, like, you know, they, they announced Black Adam and a uh, Gremlin from Gremlins <laughs> as right, the upcoming crazy. characters. So, you know, this it'll always be a game to watch out for. And, you know, if you're bored and you know want a multiplayer game to play it's it's always there too so uh i think i think i think though you did just last point here i I think you hit the nail on the head when you said like every character's uppercut is this or uppy is the same and that's what they need to do they need to make sure that these characters have a sense of identity and so that people can play that the the way that they want to play because thinking about smash it's like do you want to be a ranged character do you want to be Mm -hmm. fucking mr game game and watch do you want to be pikmin right like you all of these these have such varied mechanics that I think that's why people latch onto it because they find their character, they find how they like to play, and it's unique to every other character in the game. And if mm-hmm. you can't give people a reason to to you know latch onto a character, it's just like, well, I'll be everybody, and therefore I'm not really invested. Therefore, I don't really care. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, good point. So, all right, that's my piece. Let's move on to the next game. Yeah. yeah so, Gran Turismo Seven. Yeah, so this is a uh, Sony first-party game from Polyphony Digital, uh, released March of this year, you know, kind of in the shadow of 
you know, the massive, <laughs> massive shadow of Elden Ring that that cast for a couple months. So, you know, granted, this is a racing game, so, you know, you're not going to be... If you don't want to play a racing game, you're not going to want to play a racing game. But <laughs> I gotta uh, say, I John, was, my first my first note about this game is that it was in the shadow of Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, and even God of yeah. War Ragnarok because you know it's got to compete against the other first party games. That uh, yeah, it, kinda, it yep. I keep forgetting it came out this year. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was kind of a weird release because I, I think the Gran Turismo franchise is the most so, like it's sold more on the PlayStation platform than any other franchise. Right. Like at least that, at least that they own. So it's it's obviously huge, and I think consistently it will sell 10, 15 million copies. It's just the people who play these games are pretty quiet. You know, they 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 don't. You know, they probably play racing games. They have their wheels and their racing chairs or whatever the case. But, you know, for me, my I think, you know, my history with Gran Turismo is, um, I don't know what year it was. It was probably 2001 or 2002. I broke my arm playing football. And I was in a cast for six months because the doctors fucked up my surgery and I had to go in twice. And so that obviously allowed me to have a lot of time to play video games. And I, f- I devoured Gran Turismo 3. There was just something about the loop of that game uh, that was so satisfying from, you know, the getting licenses to unlocking, you know, getting those licenses, which unlock these cars that you can now play as. Then you buy the cars, and then once you have the car, you can start upgrading the car, and you watch your horsepower increase and increase and increase. And it's just a very, very satisfying loop. So um, going into this one, I was really, really hoping that they were going to have the same type of loop because they kind of stepped away from it from four, five, in 4, 5, 6 in sport. You know, they, they went a little more in the online realm where it's about just winning races against other people and not really focusing on that single player experience uh, all that much and you know very very pleased to report that they nailed it man it's it's exactly exactly what i wanted mm-hmm. um just it just looks prettier so you know obviously this game on an oled tv with my sound system is is absolutely absurd it, it's you know i could just sit there and just watch it right you know it's not and it's not only the exteriors and the the way that the tracks looks and the way that the cars shine but like every single one of these cars right there's detailed interiors too where i went into a mustang that my dad's on i'm like yep that's my dad's mustang and, you know i worked for avis back in the day so i went in these normal ass cars like a toyota prius I was like yep that's exactly how this car looks and so you know you really see the love for cars um in this game <laughs> in fact, I, they might love cars too much because one of the, you know, the first impression that this game gives you is you load into the game and you're immediately hit with an eight minute unskippable movie into the game. You're like, well, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then you get through the game and, you know, you kind of go through and you're like, all right, I'm having fun. And then you close the game and you go to bed and you wake up the next morning and you go to work and you're like, all right, I'm ready to play Gran Turismo. And you load the game in and you have to watch an eight minute fucking movie. It's like, what, <laughs> like, what, do, you, what do you mean? I already watched this. You actually have to go into the settings and deactivate the intro movie to not have to see that every what? single time. It's, you know, yeah, it's, it's an, and like, it's a cool movie, right? It's, it's basically <laughs> the history of cars. You know, it starts off in like 1890 showing you all these Model T's being made and then it goes into the you know the 60's and the Formula 1 and and modern cars and blah 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 yeah you have to watch that every single time unless if you deactivate it so I was just like that's a little silly (laughs) oh that's absurd yeah it just it just rubbed off a little bit wrong so it's it's like all right, we get you love the smell of your own farts like it's cool whatever (laughs) you know you, you did a good job but so obviously I immediately deactivated that but 
it, it, you know, it just, it has that, that micro dopamine, you know, thing that I'm looking for. It's like, yep. Okay. I got, I got the Mustang now that I wanted, you know, I love Mustangs. And so I started racing with it and like I did my first race and I barely got first. So I went into the tuning thing and increased my horsepower by like 20. And like, I, I went back into the race and I, I owned them. And so, you know, one thing that I kind of notice about all that is like you know there's so many rpg games and things that we play where it's like all right my guy can repair three seconds faster or he can you know i can reload my guns four percent quicker and you don't really feel those upgrades and so they kind of just become like all right yeah 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 yeah, yep, yep upgrade 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 go back and just keep doing your thing you can really feel the difference with this one because, you know, these races are me- measured in, you know, tenths of a second. And so when you go back into a race and you're like, well, I don't know if this is going to make a difference. And then you go and you're like, oh, I just improved my time by eight seconds. And all of a sudden you're destroying these races. It's just very, very satisfying if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, again, I'm, I'm pretty early into the game. Um, you know, it's not going to be a game that I just devour front to back. I'm still focused on Cyberpunk, but it's just a good one to jump in, do a couple races here and there, and, you know, have like a long form game that I'm just kind of jumping into uh, whenever I feel like it. And, you know, if I can eventually buy a racing wheel and get even more invested, you know, I don't know if I'm going to ever want to do online races, but but I might. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, oh, and one last thing I wanted to mention, um, you know, this game kind of came out with a lot of controversy. Uh, there was a a whole deal with them effectively making the grind unbearable to, to get the cars that you want in. Thus far, I haven't noticed any of that. That's not to say it's not still there because I think it's more endgame type stuff anyway. Um, but haven't noticed that yet. So I don't want to give Polyphony and Sony a pass on that yet. But so far, no problems with me there. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, any questions, Nick, or anything you guys? I, I was going to bring that up because really I know you, I know you kind of missed okay. it when they had they had the whole busted patch that came out and they yeah. had to give people like in game credits to kind of like say we're sorry, uh, <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> but you haven't noticed like any because it, it does have microtransactions in it. You haven't you haven't at least this early mm-hmm. on been compelled to even to even check it out. No, no, maybe I will when I get home. I mean, at this point in the game, you know, like the the main campaign mechanic is this place called the cafe where you kind of go in and they give you uh, a menu. It's all very hoity-toity. It's silly, (laughs) honestly, but... Uh, so, you know, where it's like, hey, here's your menu. We need you to collect these three Japanese compact cars. And then you go into the races and, like, you're going to have to buy one of them. And then the rewards for winning two of the races is the other two. So, like, obviously, I'm still, like, in the compact car phase. I just got a, a Nissan Z, which is a little bit faster. So I don't know if it's going to get that bad um, later in the game. That's where it would really, I think, start to start to factor in. Um but I haven't honestly been looking for that kind of stuff yet either. So, you know, okay. might might become a thing. I will report back if it does. And then I also know you played, uh, since you also have the competitor console, you have yeah, played Forza boy. Horizon 5. How does this compare? I know the Horizon is the more arcadey series uh, as opposed to yeah. Forza Motorsport. But uh, how, does the, how do the games feel compared to each other? Yeah, uh, I think they're both top-tier examples of their respective uh, genres. I mean, I know they're both racing games, but like you said, they are very, very different. It's it's hard to, hard to compare the two because it is apples and oranges. You know, in Forza, you're 
uh, taking a Porsche 918 Spider convertible off of ramps and, and jumps and trying to fly through the air as far as you can and, you know, do these these bombastic, crazy things where this is more like, no, I have to find the right line. I want to make sure that I'm braking in the right spots and paying attention to if there's rain on the tracks and things like that. So it's, it's hard to say that, you know, one's better than the other, that I prefer one more than the other. They just scratch a very different... Um, itch for me um, but I would I can at least tell or say that I think Forza is the best arcade racer I've ever played Gran Turismo is the best sim racer I've ever played um, so you know I, th- I think they complement each other very well it's unfortunate that you need to have each of the consoles to play the other one mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I might I might check out Forza Motorsport this year though because that really is the uh, Xbox side version of Gran Turismo mm-hmm. Sony doesn't really have that arcade racer uh, to, on the caliber that Horizon is but um, Motorstorm yeah I think they're uh, motors <laughs> motors motors yeah Motorstorm <laughs> do you remember no. that franchise <laughs> no yeah I do I never I never got into those Never got, never got into those kind of racers. They just always, I don't know, there's something about dirt tracks that when I see a dirt track, I'm immediately like, nah. <laughs> I just feel like it's going to open the world up for like slipping and sliding and frustration. Yeah. But, you know, it's it what it is. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, if, you're, if you're interested in a racer, I don't think there's a, a better one, or a sim racer, I don't think there's a better one out there personally. Cool. All right, yeah, well, yeah. a lot of games we'll be checking back into for sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final topic. I have been playing the recently released Saints Row 2022. <laughs> this game released on August 23rd of this this month. Uh, it is from developed by Volition, who has done the entire franchise, and this is published by Deep Silver. Uh, it is currently sitting at a juicy 65 on Metacritic. <laughs> Extra juicy. So the mm. critics have not been favorable to this franchise. Um, uh, this It has been around for a while. Uh, Saints Row 4 released in 2013. Uh, this game is a reboot of the series. So you can say goodbye to Johnny Gat, Shondi, and Pierce. And you're going to say hello to Nina, Kevin, and Eric. Um no, not Johnny Gat. No. <laughs> Everyone loves Johnny Gat. He was absurd. He was a ridiculous yeah. character. <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of people fall on the the category of these these games. Of this, it's always the argument of Saints Row Two versus Saints Row Three. Saints Row Two was a more grounded gangster story, and then Saints Row Three went insane. That's where you know dildo bats come in. Uh, you there's a mission where you are racing chariots that are pulled by gimps. Uh, the wait, 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 wait. How does anybody choose the other one then? If you, <laughs> dildo bass versus gangsters, that's not a competition. <laughs> dildo bass, dildo bats all the way. Yeah, and I'm gonna agree with you. You know, like I, yeah. when you know we've talked about it before. Or, you know, even last week. You know, yeah, when you have that island versus dying light. And you have, you know, Multiverses versus Smash Brothers. You know, these comparisons have been going on forever. You know, Metal Gear versus Splinter Cell, Halo versus mm-hmm. Kill Zone. Oh, that was never really a comparison. <laughs> yeah, sorry, really. <laughs> sorry, Gorilla. Uh, you were never yeah. as good as <laughs> Halo, but but very similar to that comparison. Saints Row had to go up against a little franchise known as Grand Theft Auto. And mm. <laughs> when you're going up against the one of the best-selling franchises of all time, like 
is it really worth it to stay grounded and try and do the same thing it's doing? Like, sorry, Saints Row 2, like, that's just, that's just not going to work. You know, you're right. not going to have an identity when you're going against a game with a budget of a hundred times your budget, you know, <laughs> and a hundred times probably the people working on it. So it only made right. sense for Saints Row to go into this bombastic, ridiculous formula where, you know, Burt Reynolds is the mayor of the town and there's a zombie outbreak and just all like, like Saints Row 3 was like separated itself from Grand Theft Auto by just being so crazy and absurd, you know. So you Saints Row 2 lovers, like, no. You're wrong. <laughs> like the franchise would not be here still if that was the case. But uh, sorry, Jack. <laughs> but uh, you'll you'll be happy to know that Saints Row, this the current reboot, is kind of a Saints Row 2.5. It's not as ridiculous as Saints Row 3. At least as far as I am, I'm about halfway through the game. Uh, but uh, so it kind of sits in there. Uh, there's some more crazier weapons and stuff, but it's still still a low level gangster story. You know, the rags to riches story um, and still has the kind of what really drawn me to Saints Row was like some of the best side characters. Like in the original franchise, there was Kinsey, you know, Johnny Gat. Uh, these guys were like, you know, the Garrus and um other characters from Mass Effect. They were just characters that you cared about, and the writing was great, you know. Uh, and you, you know, you grow into love of these characters. And same thing in this, like you're just swapping them out. But there's that same like heartfelt story. Um, early on, you're trying to recruit this badass gangster who throws knives and everything, and he's like, "Come!" and he thinks you're gonna go rob a train, but. Uh, instead, you're like, well, we got to see if you fit. So they all put on matching goofy hats and just do goofy things like go sing karaoke or cook food. And this like hardcore gangster is like, what the fuck is going on here? But, <laughs> you know, but it's like that that heartfelt like, you know, that you can right off the bat, you know, that these people are friends, you know, they're sitting around a table, they're talking, you know, and then it's funny, they can't pay their rent. So they're like, let's just go rob uh, the convenience store down the street. You know, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, we were just having mimosas for breakfast. And now they're just gonna go rob a bank. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's like, they're, they're a tight knit crew. And uh, the strengths of the previous St. Rose, Saints Row games is still here. Uh, the problem being, that this game is basically Saints Row 5 if it was released on Xbox 360 and then remastered for current consoles because it is just the same engine, the same uh, driving, the same thing that you saw on Saints Row 3 and 4. Like, nothing has changed. Uh, enemies just run around and try and get as close to you as possible while still shooting you. Uh, melee enemies just chase you around the map. They're not really looking for cover. There's really no strategy here. Uh, there's no cover system for you as well. Something you're that competitor, Rockstar Games, got rid of back in with Grand Theft Auto 4. Like, they introduced the cover system. Uh, that's still not in this franchise. And just a, the the world is very beautiful, but it's not very detailed. You can't go in a lot of buildings. Uh, you, there's not a lot of cars on the street. Cars pop in and out. Boats pop in and out. Planes pop in and out. Like, and not just, like, in the distance. Like, cars at the same intersection just pop in and out. And it's, it's just... 
it feels like an old nostalgia game. So if you're up for that nostalgia feeling, you know, go ahead and play this game. And then also on top of just the game feeling old is it's very buggy. Uh, this game allows you to customize your character anywhere, which is cool. Like your whole body, your whole face, your whole appearance. You just pull up your phone and it's an app on your phone and you can just change everything right there. Uh, one out of every three times, this would crash the game entirely for me. Ooh. Like I would be stuck in the menu. I can't exit. I can't get back out to the world. I'm just stuck in the character customizer and uh, couldn't get out. So I'd have to hard quit the game and start over. Um, I've also had a lot of glitches where like pieces of clothing or if I was carrying guns in my hand that the guns would stay there in my hands through everything. Even if I'm whipping out other guns, I'm holding the previous guns while holding the current gun. Uh, (laughs) It's all really bizarre. Uh, So like the game is, the game was delayed from February to now and was probably still needs to be delayed even further so uh that's that's kind of upsetting i know i've been going on for a little bit here john covering a lot of things but did you have any questions or points you wanted to make I'm sorry, Nick. Just repeat that. My headset just cut out. Oh, <laughs> I was just asking if you had sorry. any. <laughs> no, you're good. If you have, if you had any questions or any points about the game that you wanted to make, uh, if, whether it's the coverage or questions for me. Yes. Um, I mean, I've never. I have literally never played a second of any Saints Row, <laughs> so I have. I don't have a lot to go on with that. But I guess I, I have a general. I just want a, a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. For you, don't 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 uh, droopily do me. You know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> would you recommend this game to an open world video game fan today? No, not not at full price. That's for sure. Uh, You're saying there's a, there's other better ways to spend your time. Yeah. Well, I haven't finished the game, but you might be mm-hmm. even better because you can play all the other games on PlayStation Plus Extra Tier. Like Saints Row 3 yeah. and 4 are on Extra Tier. So you could play those okay. games, and I would recommend just going back and doing that before spending even a dime on this game because, one, it's only going to get better with more patches. It got a, it got a patch on Saturday, yeah. on a Saturday, which I was like, oh, that's bizarre. <laughs> Usually <laughs> don't get patches on a Saturday. Which uh, which specifically fixed that customer customization bug that I was talking about, um, but uh, but yeah, and it's gonna be Black Friday. This game will at least be half off. Like this, okay. This game is probably selling well because it it's very lucky that nothing else is around. As we've mentioned before, it's been you know Grand Theft Auto Five came out in 2013, so <laughs> it's been a really yeah. long time since uh, there's been a new open world to have fun in the same level of Grand Theft Auto so it'll probably do pretty well but yeah I would just wait you know it okay it's not there yet okay yeah and so I that's kind of my my when I look at the game when I kind of see things uh you know posted on the internet or whatever I'm looking at it's it just seems shallow shallow kind of seems like the word that I I kind of consistently come back to when I look at this game it seems like everything is like 
kind of surface level good where you're going to have fun doing a couple of the things, you know, but there's going to be a lot of repetition. I've seen some gifts of like, you know, some people saying like this game is literally hold to get held together with tape where like a, a guy's driving down the road and like the sidewalk is separating from the road and things <laughs> like that. Um, and, and so, you know, it could be fun. It's just I, I, I look at the game and I, f- I find it hard to believe that there's not a better open world game that could scratch that itch that I would have a better use of my time playing and that's just me personally I'm not you know Mm -hmm. if you're a Saints Row fan you know if you just like those zany kind of games you know have at it but you know for me personally it it probably won't be anything that I really touch especially when I have cyberpunk you know I'm I'm sure you would agree Nick if I have uh, cyberpunk in one (laughs) hand and Saints Row in the other you'd be an absolute buffoon to choose Saints Row yeah it's not it's not Um, even a choice Yeah, yep. so, the, there's, uh, there's fun to be had here. I'll say that. Like uh, you, there's a mission where you drag a safe behind you, and it's bouncing all over the place, and you're just wrecking everything with you. Um, there is a, a propulsion football that, when you attach to cars or people, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> like blast them into space, and it they zoom all around the map. It is hilarious. I I could do it all day, and it's just funny. Is makes me chuckle every time, but. Those fun moments are behind a giant grind and a okay story so far that I've played. So, yeah. have have you ever play, played a Just Cause game? No, I have not. There, it would probably be okay. very similar I, to that. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this is like Just Cause crossed with Grand Theft Auto. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious if you spent like fifteen twenty minutes with a Just Cause game. I, I haven't played them either, so I don't really know. Just to have seen the. You know, the, the, when you said the football thing, that reminded me of Just Cause because I know that's a big thing in that game. Yeah, so. and that just reminded me of uh, the wingsuit in this too is also a very Just Cause thing. Uh, right off the right. bat, you are given a wingsuit, so every time you're in the air, you just hit you know the jump button again and you can fly. And it's 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 great that it's right out of the gate there that you can you have this great way of moving around the map. But uh, yeah, th- this <laughs> is very similar to Just Cause because Just Cause has all these movement options, the zany propulsion devices that you attach to any. Anything, and but is also a buggy mess like this is. So, yeah, right. so the right. comparisons are multi-level with the, <laughs> the Just Cause. Well, I mean that, that that makes sense if you know if you're trying to incorporate the level of physics that you know these games are and the you know and how big the worlds are. It makes sense. So um, yeah, well, I'm glad you're having fun with it, man. I mean that's that's why we play video games, right? To have fun. Right. So fuck it, fuck everything else. Yeah, and as I mentioned, there's nothing taking my attention away. You know, if if something else was out. You know, I don't know how much I'd be in it. I'd, it'd probably be just kind of like a Cyberpunk 2077 situation where I put this game on yep. the back burner and just come back to it when, you know, it's all patched up and running much better. So, but. Well, if you just got to wait, you got to beat it in 20 days until you get those extra games. And then you're <laughs> yeah, but the reviews are apt. I was, I thought that, you know, reviewers, you know, they don't. They're weirdly don't, games are rated on a scale of one to ten, but nothing ever usually gets below you know a seven or a six, you know. But uh, the, yeah. the reviews on this are apt. It's it's old school game design. It's very buggy, you know. I would the stories the stories passable and the, it feels like a Saints Row game, but it's twenty twenty two. Games are much better than this can be. So, right, right, right. right. All right. Well, that's my piece on Saints Row. We might come back to it after I finish it, but I will put a pin in it for now. Um, and that's it. That is six things, John. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're going to leave you on not only does cyberpunk immersion immersive as far as you know mm. the world and the animation and all that but it has a great both licensed soundtrack and a original soundtrack and for today's podcast i'm going to leave you on a song called the rebel path by pt adamchik uh, it's a great song it's been in a few of the trailers you've probably heard it it's just it just gets you pumped for the game every time. I believe this is the song that plays John when you boot up the game, and it's giving you a, a cutscene of all the areas of uh, yeah. Night City. It's 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 phenomenal. Nice. <laughs> but do Let's we do it? Do we have anything to tease for next week? Oh, of course we do. Mm-hmm. If if there is a Sony showcase on September eighth, <laughs> <laughs> we will we will be talking about that for sure. As I mentioned, yeah. we'll ditch the whole format. And just talk about it, announcement after announcement. So that could be exciting. Well, if, if there's if there's one on the eighth, right? Let me see. If there's one on the eighth, Nick, we're recording on Friday, so we can just we'll go right into it. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right into it. You'll get some very yep. live and hot reactions to all the announcements. But if it's and not a there, three hour, a three-hour podcast. Too. <laughs> yeah, we'll try. <laughs> Yeah. But if it's not there, Sony did have an announcement we weren't able to cover today. They they bought a new studio, but not an exciting one. We'll definitely talk about that next week. And I believe mm-hmm. we'll be talking more games because more will be out. More will be out. And I got some uh, cyberpunking and some Gran Turismo in to do. So, yeah. Yep. 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 Just, it's all a giant countdown until either the showcase or uh, that big kratos game i don't i don't remember what it's called yeah i hope i remember it comes out yeah so (laughs) all right everyone if you're in the states enjoy your holiday weekend enjoy that extra day spend it listening to us if you do we appreciate that but we will be back next week with six more things or a sony showcase so also real real quick nick oh Anybody out there, our our our, our uh, tried and true listeners, please please write in with a question. You know, we would we'd mm-hmm, love to have mm-hmm. a question. Um, you know, to talk about. You know, whether it's from uh, people we know or people we don't. Write in with something, and you know, we can we can riff off of that a bit. So, sure. you know, don't forget about us. Yep, yep, of course. So, yep. If you think of a topic while you're listening on this extended weekend, send it in, and we'll happily read it on the show. So, we will be back next week. Hopefully with a Sony showcase. So until then, bye guys. Au revoir.